We're in a virtual snowstorm of confetti here in Times Square. It gets bigger and better every year. You see the bottom light? In 20 seconds, it'll be midnight. Get the one that's close to you because midnight is upon us. The new year will be a boarding. The wedding has happened in 10 seconds, in 9, in 8, in 7, 6, 5, 4, 3. Happy 1994! This is It Happened One Year, a look back at the events big and small, themed and forgotten from... Hey everybody, well welcome to the show. Brand new. Everything, uh, everything, everything old is new again. And that's 19, 1994. Very excited. It happened one year. Can you believe it? I, I cannot. I'm, I appreciate that we pulled it together to even do this, to really do anything creative during the, the extended quarantine. Yes. It's been over a year now and we are just starting a podcast. It took us almost a year to figure out maybe we should do a podcast. I think mentally we weren't in the right place for this last summer. <laughs> There. I think that would have been a much different podcast where we're just like scared of the election and dying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not all of that has changed, but some of it has changed. No, I'm still scared of dying, but uh, politics, thankfully, is over. We never have to talk about politics again. That's not true. Uh, I do appreciate that we've come to the point where we are now just exploring new avenues just for ways to kill time, just for things to do. Yeah. Because we put together so many jigsaw puzzles. And I, I mean, we're going to start a puzzle immediately after this. That's literally tonight's plan. Indeed, we are. We can't go anywhere. So this is it. No. Yeah. So we thought it would be fun to get on the horn here and talk about uh, 1994. So that's what we're here to do. Yeah. I mean, everybody you know has a podcast, right? That's just basically where we are now. Yeah. It, I, like, I have a blog that I've had for the last 13 years, but nobody reads blogs anymore. Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I think the fact that everyone you know has a podcast or is especially true because the only people listening to this are going to be people we know. So now you can say someone you know has a podcast. I guess that's true. I don't know where, what our reach is going to be. That seems unlikely yes. that we're going to really have. A, this is really for us, for something to do. And I think it's going to be interesting. I think we've got some interesting stuff lined up. Yeah. I would say if you don't know us, welcome and uh, give it a shot. Like, honestly, I can't believe that anybody who's hearing this, this is the first time you're hearing our voices. Yes. I don't know how you found this, but congratulations. You, you've stumbled into what I think is a pretty interesting concept. Potentially. Potentially. Well, we'll see. I mean, maybe by the end of this episode, just check out, yeah. you know, hang the shingle on the door and get out of here because that's it. We're done. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Oh, my God. <laughs> first episode. <laughs> Are you talking about where, where, where God split you? Zoinks. Line. I just, I, I love it so much. I guess it's pretty good. So when it comes to 1994, we came up with a list of things to talk about uh, in a variety of different fields, d- different avenues of life, different parts of the country, parts of the world. We wanted to really cover a lot of the important events and things that happened. When you think about 1994, just off top of your head, the, the big things that happened that are connected to that year that aren't for me it's just movie titles but what what what's the first thing that occurs to you 
It's O.J. Simpson. Mr. Arvental James Simpson, is that your true name, sir? Yes. At this time, do you wish to enter a plea guilty or not guilty? Not guilty. I mean, that's the first thing. And then for me, the only other thing is Nancy Kerrigan and Ace of Base. Those are those are the three things. That's the whole that's the, the holy trinity, the holy trinity of news. Yep. Yeah. So what real better thing to talk about uh, to start this whole uh, madcap endeavor than to explore the nuances and the complete biography of one of the integral figures of the entire 1994 history than obviously the uh, first round pick of the Buffalo Bills from 1970, Al Cowlings. Yeah. We could break down or talk about all of OJ, but so many people have done that and we don't have anything new to say. But what we did want to do is talk about AC because we find him to be one of the more interesting parts of the whole OJ saga. And like, how did his life lead him to the place where he was driving that car on that day? Like, man, as great as his life was, is he's not dead, um, is... That was a real unfortunate turn of events for him to get involved in that. Yeah, you can't go back in AC's life and see a lot of things that would point to all of a sudden being involved in the crime of the century and being arrested for his his role in things on June 17th. But let's go back. Let's let's do the rewind. What is there to say? So first off, and I realize this isn't really the most interesting thing, AC, not actually the initials for Al Cowlings, but for his first two names. Uh, Alan Cedric Cowlings. His name is A.C. Cowlings. So it's not A.C. Like if you would you'd use the initials for somebody's whole name and then also throw their last name on the end of it. Yeah. yeah. So wait, was A.C. Slater named after Al Cowlings? <laughs> I would argue that's impossible, but he was a person. I mean, Al Cowlings was a known person if you were, were a football fan. Like, I don't know that he was a big name. He wasn't O.J. Simpson by any stretch, but he's known because of his association with OJ in his football career too. Like they went to high school together. So it's not like they just happened to play together in the pros or something. They went to high school together in San Francisco. They went to the city college of San Francisco together. And then they went to USC and then they went, they both played for Buffalo. So there is like a good period of time where they're just together. Right. Yeah. And OJ was drafted first overall in 1969 after USC went undefeated, like this great USC team. And then Al Cowlings is drafted fifth overall the following year for the same, for Buffalo, for the same team, because apparently OJ getting on the team did not immediately propel Buffalo to greatness, but they became friends because of this. Uh, He only played in Buffalo for a couple years and then he bounced around. He played in the league for 10 years. He played for a bunch of different teams. He was on the original Seahawks team when they were an expansion. He played for the Rams he did a year in Canada with the Alouettes, uh, but, and then he retired. So that's Al Cowling's football run. And he's friends with OJ, and he was, I want to say, like a best man at his wedding with Nicole. They, him and Al have some odd other relationship stuff going back. Like, I think OJ's first wife was actually Al Cowling's girlfriend at one time, oh. and this created some odd tension between them, but they got over it because... They got divorced and it all worked out. Yeah. But Al is very much in OJ's life, yeah, in his non-football life. Once yeah. you get into the 80s, o- OJ and Al Kellings are both retired. And OJ had started acting and he was, you know, the, the Hertz pitch man and stuff like that. What wasn't there wasn't there other stuff that AC is connected to as far yeah. in the 
as far as OJ is concerned? Yes. So Al was like very good friends with OJ and Nicole. Um, There was a story about, you know, he knew about them fighting. He knew about their relationship. There was a story about a New Year's party that they were all at. And then OJ and Nicole went home and had a big fight. And like OJ's maid called AC and AC went to the house and like, was with Nicole then was with OJ and then ended up later like kind of sticking around all of the the New Year's Eve night and into the next day and then taking Nicole to the hospital she had a welt on her head like he very like involved in their relationship and everything that was going on and then the other part that I was reading is like he knew not until after Nicole died but like he knew about the fact that she was having an affair with Marcus Allen while Marcus was married and like, but Al like knew all, cause they were all in one group of friends. It sounds like so. And, and it did sound like that, even though AC had gone to school with OJ from back in the day, that, that he was friends with Nicole as well. And, and all of that. I'm not totally sure the Al Cowling's Nicole Brown connection outside of OJ. Like, I think that that's just through that. Yeah. But Marcus Allen was also in this group of football friends. So I think that's yeah. where that goes into. But Marcus Allen doesn't factor into this end of this too, too much. I don't think Marcus Allen's really involved in the trial either, right? Besides no, the deposition. the depo- Now, AC's deposition is for the civil trial, right? Or is that for the criminal trial? I thought it was for the criminal trial just based on the questions, but I could be wrong about that. It just read as his deposition. So I don't know which trial it was for, but they did like ask a lot of questions about like when, I, I think they were trying to figure out if like when OJ knew about Marcus Allen, when AC knew about Marcus Allen and the whole thing. But it sounds like Al didn't know actually about the affair until after Nicole had died. So the other thing with this whole connection of stuff, because again, this is this whole group of friends. As I also saw that Al Cowlings was a groomsman, was a groomsman or he's a ring bearer at, at Robert Kardashian's wedding oh. to Chris Kardashian, Chris Jenner. Ah. And that's in the late seventies. So like this yeah. whole, like I, I always knew Robert Kardashian was a friend of theirs. And then only later, you know, becomes involved in the trial and all of that. Yeah. But again, like this whole group is very tied together. Right. Yeah. But yeah, Al Cowling's post-football career until 1994, he he was a celebrity, like he was a, a known entity in mostly in California. But he he was a, a figure. He did a little bit of acting. He was on a show that was on HBO with OJ, I think, called First and Ten. It was like a football comedy, I want to say. Nice. And then he also appears in uh, Bubba Smith's exercise video, Bubba Until It Hurts. <laughs> But remember, in order to get to it, you've got to go through it. I love you and welcome to Until It Hurts. Thanks, Bubba. Thanks, Thanks Bubba. Thank you. And Bubba Smith, who famously played Hightower in the Police Academy movies, but was also the first overall pick in the NFL in 1967. The no late, way. Yeah, Bubba Smith was a big, he won a Super Bowl with the Colts. Like he was a big time player. But that group, 67 to 70, just produced a lot of people involved in this story. <laughs> but yeah, if you you can actually pull this up and find it like on YouTube. There's a video from Bubba Until It Hurts, which is this insane workout video. Bubba Smith is like six foot seven and he's like doing aerobics. It's really strange. But in the background, clearly, there's, there's only like two other guys there. And one of them is clearly Al Cowling. It's really strange. 
what did he have to do to get Al to do that video? Like, <laughs> hey, bro, I'm doing this thing. I know I could just get like a random backup workout guy, but can you come do it? I think it'll be good for right. you, for me. Like, what is the point of that? I don't like, was Bubba Smith enough of an entity? I think it was like mid the mid eighties. Like there had been a couple police Academy movies, but somebody came to him and was like, we want you to do an aerobics video. And he's like, well, I'm only doing it if I can bring some of my dumb football buddies with me. And Al Cowling needs a paycheck. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's really strange though. Like it looks like any normal Jane Fonda video of the eighties. You can only find little clips of it. Like you, I don't know if there's a whole tape, how long this is. If anybody has it, it's gotta be worth a fortune, <laughs> but oh my God. you can only find three or four minutes of it on the internet. If only he had had OJ do it too. Oh, can you imagine? It'd be like, what was it? Ahmad Rashad's wedding when yes. it's like OJ and Bill Cosby are his groom men. And you're just like, oh my God, like what would it have been like to be there? Bad, bad options. Yeah. There. Tough. So fast forward, we get through Al Cowling's 80s, right? Uh, again, you know, there's all of this with Nicole and getting beaten up and it's bad. There's a bad situation brewing in the late 80s, early 90s. June 12th, uh, Nicole dies. OJ famously flies to Chicago. Yep. He goes back to LA. I want to say on the 17th or on the 16th. Yeah. Yeah. It's right, right then. And there isn't a lot of data about what exactly happens in that period of time. I think one of the depositions does point to the idea that OJ like called Al while he was in Chicago or, or the night that Nicole dies and like, either confesses stuff to him or is, is so overwrought that Al interprets it sort of as a confession. Again, Al Cowling's is friends with Nicole, right? Yeah. But I don't know, bros over everything. So Al then on the 17th is spotted with OJ. Once, they, once OJ has disappeared on the 17th, he's spotted in this Bronco with Al and thus commences the most famous TV chase in, in, in history. Again, we're just focusing on Al here, right? And this is only 94. So the thing is that the whole OJ trial takes place in 95. There's yeah. not a lot else in 94. 94 is setting the whole trial up. And the Bronco chase is the OJ moment of the year. Well, I mean, the other thing that happens in the meantime is on the 16th, their funerals happen or her funeral happens. And so OJ actually goes to, and I assume Al, but I don't know that for sure, but I assume Al, they go to the funeral on the 16th. So it's it's been a bad couple of days for everyone involved. I believe Al might be a pallbearer at that funeral. I think that's true. Yeah. But that must be what OJ comes back to LA for, right? That's the 16th. So then yeah. the 17th, Bronco Chase, and this is when Al becomes this otherworldly figure in this story where his only real significance in anything is that day, is this period of time, and is the only reason any of us know who he is outside of, again, football fans of the 1970s who might have been paying attention to the Oakland Raiders and, you know, the Los Angeles Rams. Originally, the Bronco was thought to be OJ's Bronco, which is the Bronco that is constantly talked about in the trial because OJ also has a white Bronco, which is really strange. Do people realize that these were different cars? Like, is this something that is popularly known? I, I forget this all the time. I We've talked about this before and I do like know that to be true. But like, if you would ask me, I'd be like, oh, were they the same? You know, I, I just, I forget that that's the case. I, I think it's it's probably not widely known. I would guess not. It's just such an odd detail because there's so much with fingerprints in the Bronco and all this other stuff they find in the Bronco. This is not the same Bronco. The Bronco in the chase is Al Cowling's car. Yeah. 
And then in the following years, after everything happens, I think by, before the end of 94, Al sells this car. But there's great interest in people acquiring the Bronco because it's become such a famous vehicle. Yeah. To the point that people would refer to it as the second most famous vehicle in in modern history, only behind the limousine that John Kennedy got shot in. Like it's <laughs> it's, it's. I mean, this, that's crazy, but I I think that's true. Yeah, I mean, it seems kind of like a wild comparison, but this was the idea: is that this thing is so famous, people need to acquire this Bronco. Yeah. So in the following years, Al sells the Bronco, and then it basically disappears for. 20 some years it's just no one's really clear on where it is so what happens eventually is the guy who owned it just kept it in his garage <laughs> he lived in like an apartment complex so i figure people saw it unless he just had a tarp over it or whatever but he was a rich guy and it was in his so I, maybe his neighbors didn't care yeah but also but, it just looks like a white bronco yeah it's just i mean and this was a fairly popular car they they stopped making broncos in the late 90s i'm guessing because of this right <laughs> like the, the the line just runs out. They're like, we can't keep putting out Broncos. It just became such a, a pop culture reference and like a shorthand, you know, of the Bronco chase that mm -hmm. they couldn't keep doing it. So the Bronco sits in this garage for 20 years. And then the guy who it turns out owns it is this guy who's referred to as like this porn king of Los Angeles. But he's the guy who owns the Bronco and then starts lending the Bronco out for like museum appearances and yes. types of things like its first appearance the first appearance of the bronco after 1994 is in like 2014 at the luxor in las vegas that's how classy yes. it was yes so. yes i mean look if i were old enough then there's a zero percent chance that i wouldn't or someone must have just bought or obtained a white bronco and been like this is oj's bronco who wants a ride in it 20 bucks just looks like a Bronco. Yeah. I'll drive yeah. you down the Los Angeles freeway. You can sit in the back and talk to people on the phone and sound distressed. There are some ghoulish stories that someone tried to buy it and Al turned them down who wanted to use the Bronco for like those Hollywood death yeah, tours. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I, that seems like so ghoulish. Like I, the death tours already are a little, uh, you know, and I'm somebody who likes cemeteries, but it just seems kind of dark. Yeah. But yeah. to do it in the Bronco is, seems really strange. Yeah. But the the end story for the Bronco, right now, if you want to, you can go to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and the Bronco currently resides at the uh, Alcatraz East Crime Museum. <laughs> and it's just there. Like, no uh, kidding. Yeah, like you can go see the Bronco anytime you want. Since 2017, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's still there. It seems like all indications are. I don't know if the museum's actually open right now. Oh my God. Can't wait till I'm vaccinated. First thing I'm doing. Absolutely. I would totally go to that. I think we've talked about this when we've gone to Tennessee before. I just don't know. Pigeon Forge isn't really near anything yeah. we've gone to. We talked about going to Dollywood, I think, yes. once, and it's I sort of near that. that. But yeah, like that's there. Like a Dillinger's car is there. And I can't remember a couple other crime related things like Al Capone's rosary, just a bunch of yeah. random stuff. But we were driving from Los Angeles to Las Vegas and we stopped to go to the bathroom or something in. Prim, is it in Nevada or California? Do you remember? It's in Nevada. I think it's in just Nevada. over the border. Yeah. Yeah, and we stopped at this casino called Buffalo Bills, and we were just like, "Oh, we'll just go to the bathroom and whatever, and get a drink, get some chips or something." And Bonnie and Clyde's car is just there. I almost would like it better if that was where the Bronco was, like when it was at the Luxor. Like you're just at a random hotel or casino, and you're just like, "I'm gonna go play some slots. I'm gonna check out Al Collins' car, and then I'm gonna go grab a drink at the yeah. bar." Like I really like that. <laughs> 
I mean, the great thing about the Bonnie and Clyde car is, A, they don't even know if it's Bonnie and Clyde's car. It's just a car with a bunch of bullet holes in it. And it looks like a period car. It looks like the car from the movie, sort of. But, like, no one knows. Like, no one is actually sure that that's the right car, that they didn't just dummy it up. But, yeah, the other thing is that it is just sitting between, like, banks of slot machines. Yes. It's so strange that it's It's just, I mean, Prim is already a weird casino town because it's out in the middle of nowhere. And you can see it from miles away because there is nothing there. Yeah. But yeah, I, that was just, I thought that was wonderful. I had no idea that was there. I, yeah. I think we did just stop by accident and happen to go. the there. only thing there. <laughs> yeah. I remember it, it's, there's a, in a season of Ray Donovan, there's a bunch of it is set in Prim. So I, maybe that was it. If we were driving I feel like through. that's why we stopped there. Yeah. That could be oh, it. Like I just totally saw, right. I was like, oh, cause I just, I had been watching Ray Donovan at that point. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, totally right. But yeah. So Bronco totally sitting there in Tennessee right now. Amazing. So Al Cowling's then in, in these more recent years, he retired. He still lives in Southern California, but he's really off the record. He doesn't really do much uh, as far as giving interviews. I, I don't actually know if he's still friends with OJ. OJ was in jail for a lot of this time, so it's hard to say what that relationship would be like exactly. But right around the time of the trial, do you remember the thing where Al, he had a, a press conference and he set up a 900 number? No. Yeah, it was something like people could call and talk and ask him questions. And he, it was, but it was a 900, it was like $2 a minute. But it was questions, but it, he wouldn't answer questions about the trial, <laughs> about the murder. And it was just like, what are you going to talk to Al about? Just ask him about like his heyday with the bills? Like, okay, that's an amazing idea, though. That, I mean, they said he made a lot of money doing this. And maybe this is how he didn't have to do a whole lot uh, after the trial. Like, yeah. as big a figure as he was, like, look at the stuff that Cato did. And like, a lot of other people connected to this trial yeah. had big post-trial kind of popular careers. Yeah. But Al Cowlings is not one of those people. Well, I mean, I would imagine it's really hard to make money off of being tangentially connected to a big murder. Like if he doesn't want to talk about OJ, like his friend and whatever, it's not great. So you don't really want to write a book like Marsha Clark did, like Cato Kalin did and, uh, and all that. Then what do you do? You create a, a way for people to just pay money to talk to you and refuse to talk about the thing that everyone wants to talk about and see how much money you can make. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. I don't know how long it existed. I think it was really just in that little bubble of the of the trial essentially but that it is kind of a wonderfully weird idea i mean if he wasn't going to be able to be in a sequel of the uh of the workout video oh i guess this is a good alternative bubba until it hurts too how great would that have been makes sense what is it's bubba isn't a verb i don't know Uh, i mean if you saw if you saw bubba smith you'd be like oh this guy that guy you want i want to see how this guy gets in this shape he was huge but yeah it's weird but yeah, so that's Al Cowling's life. What I think is interesting with Al is that we all know who he is, and yet we don't know almost anything about him because he doesn't talk about anything. Like you can find all this little information, like he was a football player and he was he's friends with OJ. That's basically it. But everybody knows who he is. And yeah. he's such a minor part of what was this huge story. You can name 20 people who are more famous from this tale where we're more integral to everything that happens in the trial and, and with the murder and everything. And yet Al Cowlings still has this later life. Well, I think part of it is that he was literally in the driver's seat for the moment when I think everybody realized what a crazy shit show this was going to be. And, you know, the fact that one of the most famous people in the world might have murdered his wife, like this real, I feel like the, the Bronco chase is so famous, not only because it was it was this live TV moment when we, you know, we're pretty new to live TV moments like that, I guess. But also 
it, it was this kind of turning point of the situation because at first it was just something sad that happened. And then you're like, holy shit, I think OJ did it. <laughs> oh my God, like that's great. You know, and, and I think that because Al was associated with that turning point, that it was the first glimpse into what this was going to become, which is like an all consuming news story for like a year. And, uh, and Al was right there, like literally yeah. right there. Yeah. The full circus of it, I think was only really then I, I was not probably exactly the right age for this, but everybody saw the Bronco chase. So that was when it all really came alive as yeah. well, why would OJ be doing this if he's not guilty? And why would any of this be happening? Yeah. And the stuff Al is saying that was broadcast was, you know, OJ's got a gun to his head and like, he wants to go yeah. to his house and he's going to kill himself. And like, this is this that's going on. Yeah. So yeah, like he's the mouthpiece of this whole story, and he does have the the, the most famous quote from the whole period of time, which we're, we've used multiple times. Uh, just in the in this brief period of time we've been doing this, yeah, doing the trailer episode in this episode because it's such a wonder. It's just such a great line. My name is AC. You know who I am. God damn it. Yeah, like I I really do think it was that he was the mouthpiece through which we were learning and and interpreting everything that was happening already. You know, this was also like this was the perilous time where like people had just gotten murdered and now, you know, OJ is threatening to kill himself. Like this is this dire thing. Yeah. And even though, yeah, it is, you know, watching TV and it's this crazy pop culture moment. This is also like life and death stuff. Like this, this yeah. is, this is such extreme television that, yeah, the fact that he's right in the middle of that, it makes Al Cowling's a figure forever. Yeah. Way to go, Al. <laughs> Is it? I don't know if it's a way to go situation. I, don't know. I was trying to figure out what that what that word was. I was going to thank him. Like, I really wasn't sure where to take that. No. <laughs> so considering his role in this story, who would you say is comparable to Al Cowlings in other famous situations like this? Because it is a very odd position where he wasn't involved in the murder. He's not involved in the trial. And he yet he's central to everything that happens like for this one day and then thus becomes this really famed figure. Yeah. But I can't think of a lot of other people who really compare with that, that it's such a, a particular situation. There's other people in this story like Cato, but Cato is at the trial and then Cato's there when OJ gets back. But, you know, so even that he's a little more involved. Uh, and the, otherwise, the other other people are people who are like Nicole's sister, people who are sort of just connected. So who do you, can you think of anybody? Who, who have you got that kind the, of relates that way? The closest I came up with, which I think is a little bit of a stretch, but still from a 94 story is um, like Tanya Harding's husband. Or you could potentially argue Tanya Harding, even right. though she like she was the reason this was happening. She was really a central figure to the story. Like she didn't do the clubbing. You can argue how involved she was. Um, but like the rando bodyguard was also a, a person who came to mind just because I couldn't remember who actually did the clubbing. Yeah, I think I, as I remember, it, it wasn't her husband. It wasn't Jeff Galuli. It was there was a guy named Shane Stant was involved. Yeah. He was the guy who did it, right? Yeah, but I think he was also like her, her, he was Jeff's buddy who was like. But there was also a third guy. Like there was another guy in that group. Was? But yeah, there oh, was well, like. Then, well, then he's the one. <laughs> I don't know his name. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I think honestly, you're right. Like in a way it's Tanya Harding, but Tanya Harding is so got, became so much the antagonist of that story that, yeah. but, but similarly, she's not involved really in the trial or in the event. So I guess right. it does make sense. Right. The other events like this are like what, when, when Amy Fisher shoots Joey Buttafuoco's wife. So you could kind of say it's Buttafuoco cause he's not, but he's clearly involved yeah. in, yeah, he's, involved. he's, he's the catalyst for everything that's happening. Yeah. 
But yeah, just somebody who just happens to kind of be there and then that's who we know. It's almost, honestly, and it's not exactly the same thing, it's almost Ken Bone. <laughs> because Ken Bone is at that, that uh, debate and yet he's not involved in anything that goes on, but we all know who Ken Bone is. Oh my God. You know, the person that I was actually gonna, gonna mention, even though I, she wasn't involved, but I think she was, well... This is probably a little strange, but Linda Tripp is kind of like this because she wasn't involved in the actual action that happened, but yep. she was a very important player in it. But she kind of influenced it more than I think Cowlings did. I don't, the, th the other thing that I don't know is how did they end up in the Bronco? Like, that's the thing that I'm not sure about. And so, like, if Al was like, come on, OJ, let's take a drive, maybe that connection is closer. But if, like, I, you know, I don't know how, I don't know that story. I don't know if anybody knows that story. I've never heard how they actually got together. I only remember that day that OJ disappeared. Like that was the beginning of that, this whole event was that OJ disappeared. And I remember like watching, t I was, I think we were maybe watching basketball, me and my dad. And like my dad saying to me, like, we might never see OJ again. Like he might just be gone now. Like I, I distinctly remember this because this was such because then immediately OJ's on TV. So my dad got this totally wrong. totally wrong. But I do remember like that conversation where like OJ has disappeared and we're in the middle of this event. And and then all of a sudden somebody spotted OJ in the Bronco. And the next thing, news cameras found this Bronco, which yeah. in 1994 seems like an insane coincidence, right? Yeah. There's no, what, what kind of high tech uh, surveillance are they really doing? Like now I would be like, sure, you can find it. But yeah, but back then it's wild. somebody driving by who was like, I think that's OJ in the back of that Bronco. I think so. And then he like, kind of like laying down too. Like he wasn't like, hello, I'm OJ. You know what I mean? He must have started laying down after he got spotted. Yeah, right? Like, I can't believe he's just lying in the backseat and Al's just driving him around and he's like telling him his problems, you know? Like, Fair point. Yeah. And then like this, as the story goes, like there was, I think one local LA news chopper or something that had the, all the initial footage because they were the only one who knew where they were. And so for the first 20 minutes of this or something, it's that news team or whatever in the in the chopper yeah. that's following them around biggest break of their career oh what a that, what a great break that is man <laughs> i was trying to figure out the right language to use to talk about that all respect to the dead um yeah. great break for that guy i mean it's sad because like everybody does talk about this whole you know double murder as being just this wild circus but that's the pop culturiness of it like it, yeah i mean there's no underplaying the fact of, of how sad this all was and how tragic the whole thing is. Yeah. But at the same time, this very quickly becomes about all sorts of other stuff besides yeah. this murder. You know, it, it's, it's the crazy defense team and it's just the, the, this crazy strategy and an effective strategy of just portraying the LAPD as being a bunch of racists and, and how that actually plays out and works when I think we're, pretty universal in believing OJ did it now, yeah. right? I, I don't think, I mean, they said at the time, the way the polling worked, that it was kind of 50-50 in the country, but I don't think that's the case anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. How much of that yeah, do you I think, think so. is the other the other OJ crimes and how much of it is just people coming around to the obviousness of it? I don't know. Like that is, a, it's a good question. I think it, it was probably so hard to see your way through to what could have possibly happened in the moment that like, but I don't remember it feeling like there was a lot of question about whether or not he did it. I remember being shocked when he was found not guilty. Like, yeah. I, I feel like I thought he did it the whole time. And yeah. I mean, like, that's easy to say now when we still don't really know, but we kind of know, you know, so yeah. he did write that book. If I, if I did it, did it? <laughs> yeah, which is so crazy. The really ballsy move. Oh 
my god to try to frame it as like a hypothetical biography of how i murdered people well al cowlings here we go you know he had a he had a fine nfl career he played 10 years yeah, but and yet we, nobody remembers. I don't know what Al Cowling's number was. Nope. He's in the USC Hall of Fame or something. Huh. So that's that's that could be worse. Yeah. Yeah. He's good at football. I I hope he's doing well. There there are stories that he has CTE, uh, and and but those stories are sort of coming from OJ, so it's hard to say because OJ also claims he has CTE and tries to I don't know blame some crimes on it. And sadly, Bubba Smith died of CTE too. He had really? he had CTA when he died. Yeah, he died uh, five years ago, something like that. Yeah. I don't know how much more of OJ we're going to talk about going forward, but honestly, there are a lot of oddball figures in that story that I think are probably worth a little bit. What's Lance Ito up to these days? He's probably still around, and like and but everybody knows who he is. Is that just because of Jay Leno? We should probably talk about it. Yeah, maybe we will. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, in that case. Uh, we'll be right back. Come on along, I'll take you to the lullaby of Broadway. The Hickory and Ballyhoo. The lullaby of Broadway. And in the center of it all is the Milford Plaza. Stay at the Milford Plaza Hotel with cocktail dinner and breakfast for $46 per person. Discover why we are the lullaby of Broadway. The Milford Plaza is the lullaby of So, like, I know we we picked 1994 for a lot of great reasons, but, like, why not other years? Mm, that's a good question. I think the discussion process we even had was a little limited because uh, some of this was me convincing you to do a podcast at all. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then from there, it was, well, if we're going to do that, what do we know about? What What can we discuss that we have any sort of frame of, uh, reference and any kind of knowledge about. Yeah. And so we came up with this history podcast idea. Yeah, I, I do like it. What our listeners should probably know about Joe is that he has deep random facts f- coming from any place you could ever imagine and uh, going deep into years, categories, topics. He knows so many random things. So he would propose years that we could talk about where I said, there's absolutely no way I can have that conversation because I don't know anything about what happened in that year. What we also discovered in this process, and while we were recording a lot of tests and trying to try things out, is that while I do know a lot of random facts, I know a very superficial level about a lot of things. And so that created kind of a problem in the, we should do this as a show, in people who think we're just going to lie the whole time. <laughs> we're just making stuff up. And so uh, that's what we've got here. But we have a lot of tries at it. We, we did really put in an effort to find what was just the right year. Now we're going to go into the vault. We're going to see what we pull out. And we're going we're gonna to roll it out for you right now. Let's see what we can come up with. What we've got. This is It Happened One Year. It's Sarah and Joe. We're talking about stuff. It's going to be fine. We're talking about stuff in... 1917. Matahari. Yeah. Who was Matahari? I think George Harrison studied with him, right? Oh, right. He played the sitar. That was, yeah. was Matahari. Yeah. Matahari. 
So musical genius. Yes. Uh, Mata Hari was a spy. Oh. Like a female spy, a, a spy, a female spy. Like <laughs> like Rodgers and Hammerstein wrote. Yeah. In like World War One. Oh. So, really? Is that yeah. true? Yeah, this is actually not that old. I don't know anything else about her. I don't know what country she was spying for or from. But figure World War One. there's only so many options, right? She wasn't I, spying for Australia. That's just not a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is the time I couldn't come up with Sandra Day O'Connor's name. Like, this is, that's embarrassing <laughs> that I did not know that. I thought that Mahari was like an Indian wise man from from the, the, the 1200s. Like, you were thinking that, of Ravi Shankar. <laughs> <laughs> you were confusing Matahari with again. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> His grave literally says, I'm not a spy. <laughs> so people know. Um, uh, yeah. No, I, I, Matahari, Matahari died in 1917. So that's why it relates to our podcast about 1917. Got it. Got um, it. But yeah, she was a spy for one side or the other. The other side caught her and then they killed her. Ugh. Yeah. I thought people referred to her, now that I know it's a her, as the Matahari. Am I making that up? Yeah, I don't think that's her name. I don't think I don't. I, mean, I could be. I could be wrong, but this isn't a you know four thousand years ago situation. Like, yeah. she probably had a real name that was like Sally Ann Harrison, and they just shortened it to Harry, and then it was Hari, and it was Mata Hari. <laughs> I think, I think was, they were just confused about why she decided to become a spy, and they were like, "What the Mata Hari?" <laughs> right. Like, what? that's probably it. Yeah, <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> that was really good. Uh, I mean, I think it explains her behavior as much as anything when we're just speculating out of the dark. I, I think it was, yeah. she's like, um, uh, I thought I had somebody else in mind, but it's the same thing. Like they're just known by whatever their nickname is, but like Madonna. Yeah. Like Madonna. Madonna's <laughs> real name is Madonna, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think that's a good example. That's a good point. You're thinking of Seal. Is Seal's real name Seal? I don't know. Seal Jefferson. That's his name. I have no idea. Like. What's Seal's real name? How do I not know if Seal's real name is Seal? I feel like that's something we should have figured out by now. Yeah. So, yeah. It can't be. I found out just the other day, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, the wrestler, his real name is like Richard Blood. And I was like, you couldn't have gone by like Dick Blood? That would have been a great wrestler <laughs> name. <laughs> like, no, that's horrifying. No, not, oh, no, not, not yeah. that. Oh. That's a good call. No, you're right. Yeah. I mean, Steamboat's cool. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Maybe they didn't know, like they gave, they knew there was a spy. So they named it like the yeah. Matahari and then they found out who she was. And then, so subsequently she's oh, like deep throat, like deep throat. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. on the X-Files, he has a he has a name. He does. Yeah. No, you never but, learn his name. Right. I don't think. Don't you? I don't think he must so. be in one of those later episodes where he's like in flashbacks, right? Yeah. But you, I still don't think you learn his name. I don't think you learn his name. I could huh. be wrong. But you were talking about W. Mark Felt. Uh, yes, that's the deep throat of right. which I was speaking. Yeah, uh, it I, wasn't I the exposed one. It wasn't the porn movie. It was that. It was actual <laughs> deep throat, original I, deep throat. I assumed you were referring to the actual historical person. Yeah, and was, not the Linda he, Lovelace movie. <laughs> was yeah. he named after the porn, or was the porn named after him? Do you know? He's named after the porn, I, I believe. So, because yeah. I think that's I think that's in the book in in yeah. all the President's Men. Yeah. Um. That yeah. Like I like they needed a nickname for him, and like now it seems ridiculous because Deep Throat's like just a porn movie. But like back then there were no mainstream porn movies, and Deep Throat was a hugely successful movie just yeah. because there weren't porn movies that ever like tapped into the zeitgeist of entertainment. Yeah. And so it wasn't. I I don't think it was that outrageous that to just use that. Yeah. For this character, but yeah, that he's. I, I'm I'm pretty sure he's named after the porn. I think, I think that's Mark true too. felt was cool with that. 
He was like, you gave me what nickname? You could have called me the shadow or something cool. <laughs> no, we're going to call you Deep Throat after that chick the guys. And she's like great at it or something. God damn yeah. it. I don't know um, what the plot of that movie But they still called it Deep Throat. So it can't have that much of a plot. No, I mean, I again, I think the I think the key to that film, but I don't know besides puerile reasons. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I think there's actually some plot element connected like maybe she's trying to get you know what this doesn't matter yeah. <laughs> so anyway matahari i don't think she was just german soldiers for state secrets and no, then they killed her probably I not yeah. I, I think that's a that's a sexist way to frame her and we are not sexist here on it happened one year no so. if anything we are uh, strident feminists strident you're talking about feminists. linda lovelace's great film career yes and matahari's possible yeah. use and of i'd like to just say like wiles. congratulations to the Matahari or Matahari on her great spy career until it ended badly, yeah. unless she was spying on the Americans, in which case, screw Boo. Her. Yeah, <laughs> fair. Figure out what side she was on. It at least would be a good starting point. Yeah. 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 I feel like it's just like a name that gets bounced around that like, I wasn't sure if that was even a real person or if that was a character in a book. Yeah. You know, like I have no, like Florence Nightingale. Is that a real person? Yeah. It is, right? Yeah, that's a real person. But that's her name? Yes. Well, because it sounds like it sounds like a made up thing. Like oh. it sounds like she's a nurse or something. She takes care of people and her name's Florence Nightingale. It just sounds kind of ridiculous, you know? Well, now I'm questioning myself, but I'm pretty sure she's a real person. Really? But you don't think her name is like Florence Smith and they were like, she's like the elegant nightingale that comes and helps soldiers. I or... think so. I think that's her name. I don't really know. Yeah. I don't think she's with us anymore. That was a long time ago. No. Yeah. So I don't think we have to worry about offending <laughs> yeah. Florence Nightingale, but maybe her ancestors. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna apologize in advance. Dave Nightingale, Dave, her great 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 grandson, Dave Nightingale. He plays for the Brewers. He does. So yeah, third base. Anyway, okay, Matahari. So uh, I guess you can see why we didn't do 1917. Not our best. No, we don't know enough to do those years. Um, we could probably do a little World War One, maybe, but maybe, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I'm not real confident in our ability to do 1917 or any year around that. Yeah, yeah, that would require a lot more research. Maybe that's for season ten. Because <laughs> World War One was against. The Germans? I'm kidding. Oh, my. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, no. I know basically what World War One was about, I think. But please don't ask me. If I know I know it was tied to Germany. And other places. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like most of Europe, right? Yeah. Or or the world. Hence the name. It was the world. There was a lot of fighting in Africa. You know, I think our, our education system failed us. I think that's going to be our <laughs> excuse for a lot of these, these other years that we don't know anything about. Uh, I do just I would like to point out that we are mostly joking. Joe knows a lot about World War One and I know some about World War One. I, I, I know a little I think about that's true. World War One. I know I know more about World War Two, but so does everyone. Yeah. World War <laughs> was so long ago. <laughs> it was more confusing, I would say. Poppies, that's a thing. Okay. That's what you got. That's all. That's all oh, I had. <laughs> that's all of, that's the entirety of World War One for you? I guess we're just gonna talk about poppies and the guy who no. sang the over there theme song that the main version of that that everybody knows his name Billy Murray. See? That's true. No William Murray. Yeah. yeah. No, I know that Franz Ferdinand. That's how Good. we got the band, right? Yeah, that band. Do you yeah. wanna, right? I don't know. Isn't that their song? That well, that's also topics I don't know anything about. I don't I couldn't name a Franz Ferdinand song. I don't think I've I don't think I've ever heard of Franz Ferdinand. So we shouldn't talk about Franz Ferdinand the man or Franz Ferdinand the band. No. Both, right. both very like fuzzy gray areas for me. This will not be a topic for uh, an upcoming episode. It will not. But this episode, I, I think we well covered Al Cowlings. 
We did. You're welcome, Al. I'm sure he really wanted the publicity. <laughs> that seems to be his main thing. <laughs> but yeah, though I think I don't think we mentioned that Al Cowlings was arrested right right that day, as I recall. He was arrested as soon as the Bronco chase stopped. Yep. And was charged with a felony for abetting a, a fugitive or something like that. Yeah. Harboring a fugitive. Yeah. 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 And uh, Gil Garcetti dropped the charges for lack of evidence. What what more evidence do you think they needed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, it, everyone knew he was doing that. Like, yeah. there was no question. Like, was it Al? Like, who was in the backseat? No, it was very clear. It was he was he, Al kept talking to OJ. They were talking to Al. They were talking to OJ. Everyone knew what was up. He's on tape saying, my name is AC. I mean, that's what more do you need? That's somebody <laughs> turning to a camera and being like, ah, I'm, I'm so glad I robbed this bank. John Smith wins. <laughs> that was AC. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, however he avoided those charges. Good for him, I guess. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Way to go, um, Al. If you want to give it a shot, his 900 number was 1-900-CALL-4-AC. I'm pretty sure that's not going to still work. I don't think 900 numbers work at all. I think that whole system is over, right? Yeah. Like pay 900 numbers. I don't know. The, the sex ones still have to be around, right? I mean, I don't know. I just feel like in, in the internet age, like why the hell would anybody use 900 numbers for anything? Like that, that seemed very much like an informational thing that's pre-internet. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not, I haven't actually looked that up. I'm, I was just guessing that odds are that's not going to work. But if, you, if you're near a phone right now, pick up, dial one 900 Call for AC and see yeah. if it still works. Maybe you can get through to them right now. Yeah. Get them on get them, get them on your podcast. Don't give them your credit card number. Don't give them your social security number. Good advice no. from Sarah and Joe. Don't mention our names. That would no, be a good idea. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that uh, I think we've cleaned up this first episode. This is the first episode. I, do you I, feel great? I feel amazing. Oh, man. Uh, I'm very excited to hear what it sounds like. And yeah, no, I'm psyched. I'm psyched for everyone to hear it. I'm psyched for I'm psyched to be alive. This is a great time. Oh, boy. Tell your friends. Great day for America. Tell your mom. But don't tell our moms, please. Again, we're, I guess we're trying to keep this under wraps. I didn't even realize that was a thing until today. And Sarah's like, I'm not going to tell anybody. <laughs> I was like, how do you? Th- how are we supposed to promote this thing? I know we're doing this just for fun, but we want some people to hear it, right? <laughs> all right, fine. Tell, tell, tell our moms. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I'm, I'm glad we got this one in the bag. I got, yeah. I'm glad this one's in the books. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for uh, tuning in. I, I appreciate it. You can uh, follow this podcast on a variety of different sources. And uh, we've got a Twitter account. We got an Instagram account. We have, I don't think there's any pictures on the Instagram account. This is a podcast. There's nothing to look at. What are we supposed to have? All right, we'll put up a picture of AC. I don't know. I'm just his face. Just his face. Be like, this is what he looks like in case you couldn't tell because for the Bronco, the cameras were far away. Yeah. All right, I think we're kind of spinning our wheels here. Do you have a fun outro? I thought we already recorded outros. No, like, you know, when we do the fun, like, Wango. Oh, uh, yeah. So you can't say, you can't do the one you always do. I, that's the only one I can think of. <laughs> All right. Um, goodbye. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, I second that. Goodbye. This has been It Happened One Year. Please take a minute to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever they allow ratings. Please follow us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please follow us on all relevant and irrelevant social media. See ya! See ya!